Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Spooked. The Scary Story Improvised Podcast. I'm Damian Depping. I'm Cody Crane. And here we are, another adventure in the sun. Another one, but this one's uh, this one's different. What? Well, because I'm flipping huh? the script. I'm officially retiring our Would You Rather bit later in the show. Oh, thank God. But I've mm-hmm. come up with a new idea. Oh, me. no. And, you know, I've come up with oh, great segments before. Like uh, the, the yeah. Would You Rathers was a hit. Uh, Yeah. And we'll still ask about okay. ghosts later. Who, who is it a hit for? Sorry. Oh, well, I assume the listeners liked uh-huh. it. No uh-huh. one told me, but... Mm-hmm. They might have. Right, 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 right. Uh, but I, I got a new uh, idea. I don't know if you mm-hmm. noticed on our Instagram. I was asking people what their biggest fear was. Mm-hmm. And I randomly drew one of those fears. And I thought that could be like an overarching theme. O- overarching theme for what? Well, it can just be a, we can always pull it back into a topic of discussion. Maybe it'll show up in the story. Like you're just going to say it and then that's just something we'll just draw from throughout the episode, you mean? Yeah. I feel like this is something that would have like been better to discuss ahead of time instead of bringing up a, oh, a, no, no. a half-cocked idea and then saying, this is what we'll do. No, no, no. no. Like, okay. You'll, you'll okay. love it. No, no. I, no, it's great. I get it. I get it. I mean, you're trying something new. You're you're working with nothing but trying to make something, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think we've gone through, you know, mm-hmm. like we've been mm-hmm. uh, doing this podcast for uh, six years now. Yeah. Um, since we've done it, all of these other uh, spooked podcasts have showed up. Another one showed up a couple of weeks ago. That's true. We're ruined. Yeah. They, they're trying to bury us and we got to, we got to freshen up. And mm. that's why I pulled these ideas. And the, the one, uh, the one that came up, someone said their biggest fear was uh the, the uh deep water like mm-hmm. i think the the fear of the unknown of the waters probably drowning drowning you think <laughs> i'm sure that's part of it uh yeah i mean is that a fear for you i know that you're not a swimmer um i understand it i mean i'm not i don't know if i'm as worried about it but i mean it's it's not nice this, this is where it's going to come in handy this new segment because i don't know what your fears are and i feel like we're gonna mm-hmm. eventually get to one of them okay <laughs> i'm not sharing anything i don't care what you say no <laughs> i ain't afraid of nothing damn it but i mean and the great thing about this is now that mm-hmm. i can uh, do you know i've been doing the same segues for mm-hmm. hundreds of years now yeah, yeah yeah well now i can see uh what what our uh what our guest today thinks about deep water because mm. we got bong show here Hey, what up, what up? Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, for the folks at home that don't know, you're a uh, comedian, you're a uh, producer, you're a podcaster, you do all everything. Um, and uh, let uh, everyone know how you kind of got started into comedy. Um, I started, actually, I used to, um, before I was a comedian, I used to organize human rights conferences, and I was on stage a lot. And one thing I learned um, from human rights conferences is, no matter what topic you're talking about, it could be really serious, like, you know, AIDS or cancer, if 
like you still have to be kind of funny um, because if you're on stage for an hour, um, you definitely need some levity. Um, so I started inserting humor into my speeches. And then I also started to learn that, um, you know, human rights conferences are great for meeting like-minded people and then, um, you know, doing uh, like shared projects, but you're kind of already preaching to the converted. Like everybody mm -hmm. agrees with you. Yeah. So then I was like, you know what, let me up the comedy, take this out to like every little small town in Alberta and uh, they'll be forced to listen to me um, whether they <laughs> want to or not. So that's how my stand-up comedy got started. It was just, uh, you know, injecting that humor. And then mm -hmm. I just wanted a bigger platform and to speak to people who didn't necessarily agree with me. Yeah, you had to deep dive into the cesspool that is stand-up comedy. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, Al Alberta was wild. Um, one one big difference about Alberta versus, say, uh, Toronto or Ontario comedy is like, you know, like, so I'm, I'm gay and Asian, which isn't like the best demographic for Alberta. Mm -hmm. But one thing in Alberta is they have the same sense of humor everywhere, whether it's in downtown Calgary or in a smaller town like Red Deer or Lethbridge or Edmonton. Whatever joke works in one place works the entire province and <laughs> in Toronto <laughs> oh my goodness like I can you know performing at the Rivley or like going like one block over to Yuck Yucks and it's like no like you'd you really have to change things up like literally every block in Toronto so it's uh it's 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 a great thing um but it, it definitely keeps keeps me on my toes as a comedian being in Toronto <laughs> That's always the best feeling in the world when you uh, absolutely kill it somewhere, get all of these laughs for a joke. You have all the confidence going through the moon mm -hmm. and then you go to the next place and it just bombs hard. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I have lived, <laughs> lived that many times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, with your podcast, it uh, you uh, dive into like uh, Asian culture through uh, movies and uh, whatnot. And I know that your uh, live show went uh, under the same name of Rice, right? And it was mm -hmm. a um, Asian showcase. So uh, the what's what's the importance of uh, this to you? Because obviously you started in mm. human rights too. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's important to me because uh, when 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 I was growing up, you know, I I lived in um, you know, it, it was a it was a very diverse area of Winnipeg, um, like probably at least half of my school were were Asians, and you know, we had um, you know, um, Indigenous students, um, Black mm -hmm. students, White students. It was like really really diverse. But then when I would um, consume media or watch TV, like it was like there was just no representation for Asians at all. Like I like I always say, like like when I was um, growing up, Asians were so underrepresented that the only like yellow family on TV was The Simpsons. <laughs> like I had nobody to look up to, mm -hmm. and it, it's funny because I didn't actually know how important it was to me until I saw it. I was like, you know, I'm at Crazy Rich Asians. So like, I should not be crying. Like, this isn't even <laughs> that sad of a movie. I'm like bawling out. I was like, okay, maybe seeing yourself represented on screen is more important than I actually realized. And so, yeah. So for me, like a big part of comedy was to start sharing stories from, you know, like, like 
you know, like, like stories from my neighborhood, like my story, my friends' stories, because I just felt like it wasn't out there. And um, I, I think that, that our stories are important too. So let's, let's get it out there and hopefully um, uh, it'll, it'll connect with people out there. Maybe some people will feel like, like our stories are representative to them, or some people might be like, wow, I have no idea what it's like being you know, gay and Asian growing up in the ghetto, but that's super interesting too. So, you know, you try to connect with anybody, whether they're mm -hmm. like you or not. What's, uh, what's it been like going through like, um, all of these movies over the years and everything like, because obviously like crazy rich agents was a huge, like huge movie and like kind of mm -hmm. like a game changer. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so what's it like going through like the early two thousands, like, and all of that and experiencing that, what has been your big takeaway? Well, it was interesting because it, it was it was tough finding movies from, from the early 2000s. Um, you know, we had to go all the way back to like Joy Luck Club. And then we were doing, you know, honestly, a lot of our movies weren't weren't Hollywood produced. It was a mm -hmm. lot of like, you know, Korean produced, Chine, um, uh, Chinese produced, um, um, Japanese produced movies like, you know, like Shin Godzilla or My Sassy Girl or things or Detective Chinatown, like things that people in North America might not know about, but they're like some of the biggest international hit movies like of all time. Um, so it, you know, it, it the, the good thing for me was quite a few of these movies I had never even heard of myself because, you know, Asia is such a big place and, you know, I'm familiar with, you know, Japanese movies, Chinese mm -hmm. movies, maybe, you know, Thai movies, but our listeners would like send in different, um, you know, like, like different recommendations. And so for me, probably the best thing going through was just to learn about all these different cultures. And, you know, like we did a review of the, of, of, of uh, the white tiger, which was um, um, South Asian. Um, and, you know, growing up, I honestly had never watched a South Asian movie. So I was like, oh, this is super cool. Let's, uh, let's find out more about this particular part of Asia. And and yeah, I would say that was that was probably the the most exciting part. Um, the other thing too that I'm seeing as a trend in Asian movies is um, the North American produced ones. Um, if you, the further you go back, it's like even if they do have on screen representation, you just found everybody behind the scenes like weren't like mm -hmm. we just mm -hmm. did a review of 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 um of a uh, Harold and Kumar um uh, go to White Castle. You know, obviously the two leads. Mm -hmm. um, both Asians, but then you look a little bit deeper and it's like literally every single writer and producer and director, everybody who had decision-making power were not Asian. So, you know, you definitely sort of, sort of see it. Um, so then when, um, it, it's definitely nice seeing like um, more recent movies like, like Raya and the Last Dragon, where it really was, you know, um, from 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 the director to the costume designer to literally, you know, you, you just have more people in decision making, um, uh, and anything too. You're seeing a lot more more of the writers um, mm -hmm. as well because I I just don't think that you can um, you can do representation right if you don't have a voice in the writing room because there's just so many like like decisions that are being made that if you just had the right person, they might be able to tell you like, hey, you know, maybe that's not like, like that's not what that character would do maybe. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, and uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Oh no. I I was just reading like an article about it uh about uh kind of this too where people were like it was basically an argument article to people saying like oh like because of the action movie genre or whatever mm. in like North America but like the the whole thing is that also it's like the same actors right like you're saying that seeing mm -hmm. the same uh people being cast like yeah. there, there's more than just like jackie chan like uh, jet lee kind of thing and yeah. you just kind of saw those mm -hmm. same and now i think like people were having like i i in the article they mentioned aquafina now how she's mm -hmm. the one that's just cast and everything mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, I, that's that's sort of how the Hollywood system works, I guess. Um, when somebody gets gets popular, they, they get cast a lot. And now, listen, Aquafina, mm -hmm. she's so talented and she has so much range. She showed from comedy to action to drama and she's just like killed it every time. So I think she's doing like, you know, like a, a great job of, of, of representing us and um and yeah, no, I, I I love what she's doing and she's she's inspiring to me for sure because coming from her background of comedy, well, I guess also her background as, as a rapper, but um, <laughs> as a rapper slash comedian um, to be doing like these serious, you know, award-winning roles like like the farewell and all that. That's just, you know, that's that, that's amazing that that they didn't typecast her like as, you know, the Asian sidekick, you know, yeah. although she, she does get a lot of those roles as well, but she's got lead roles. She's got, yeah, just to show that an Asian actor can be really versatile in the, in the types of roles that they're given, I think is, is amazing. Yeah. Cause she truly can just fit in any role. Right. And kind of proven mm -hmm. that. Um, so to, uh, to go back to you, you're, um, I know that uh, with your uh, live show, uh showcasing in uh, toronto a lot of asian comics um and uh local um how has that been uh feeling to you to uh, be able to kind of give this platform yeah you know what it's it, it's it's been it's been really exciting um i i will say too that so i'm i'm like an old school comedian i've been doing stand-up comedy for like 15 years so you know like diversity is really important for sure mm -hmm. but i'll 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 tell you number one that wasn't really why we um started rice rice was started literally because for the first time in my career i was like the five best comedians in canada are all asian Mm -hmm. And I know that that sounds like I'm being biased, but I was like, I never would have said that in the past 15 years that even two of the top five were Asian. So I was like, this is crazy. We need to do something because if we don't, um, these comedians are going to get famous and move away. I was like, we have one moment now where we're all in the same city and we all have time. And so we sort of worked together. Um, we, and I, I guess I should probably name, name those comedians since I'm talking about them, but it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was Cassie Cow, Leonard Chan, um, Jennifer Shung, and then, um, and then, uh, and then uh, Ron Jossel flew back from LA to be a part of it. And we just had this idea of let's just do this huge show. Um, and we wanted to tape it at, 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 at the CBC Glenn Gould studio, because, you know, it's, I, I think it's like the, the, the nicest theater in, in Toronto. And so we are just planning, you know, how, how do we get this done? And so what we did was we each did, we did five rice shows leading up to the big show. And each of us headlined one of those shows. Um, sort of to like build the brand um, to to get the mailing list up, um, and then we had the the big show where we all came and did it together. And so, the 
the sort of idea was, you know, like, like, like Marvel's Avengers, like we were like, okay, we each get our solo movie. <laughs> yeah. And then we come together for the big team up because we're like, you know, this is this is our end game. This is our Infinity War. So uh, we, uh, and, you know, and it worked out. And honestly, it was an honor being 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 on stage. And for me, it wasn't so much about providing a platform because all of them have their like you know all of them are, are huge in their own right um it was just more how do we team up and like amplify all of our voices together because mm -hmm. we've found individual success but now can we like create a movement to show people hey there's really something special happening here yeah and uh, I, I would say the, the other part i'm proud of too is more um is more you know, like, like people talk about representation on stage or on film, but I was really proud of the representation in the audience because I think it, it was really the right time, you know, as you know, with Crazy Rich Asians, you know, even I'll even say like Black Panther, even though that wasn't Asian, um, it was like, you know, a, a minority led film and a lot of Asians went to see that. There was just like this really big appetite for um, Asian comedy, for Asian representation. And so, honestly the audience was at least two-thirds Asian and um, it, it was just really nice being able to 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 do a show for Asians by Asians on Chinese New Year and it was like I would say like the best thing is like we could go into topics that we didn't have to um, give context or explanation because everybody kind of knew because like the audience was all Asians and the ones who don't know, you know, you, you can kind of figure out through like what other people are laughing at. But when you have like two thirds of the audience understanding, um, that's pretty good. And, you know, as you both know with comedy, like the, the less, like the more you can get a, away from setup and the more you can actually, you know, keep it to like mm -hmm. the funny parts, <laughs> like that's way better. And so, the show just flowed so well because literally we didn't have to explain anything. Mm -hmm. It was just, we could really, really dig in. Um, and also when you have a show of all Asian comedians, then, you know, it, it also allows you to showcase different parts of yourself because you can't just be, you know, the Asian comedian. You can't just talk about being Asian because everybody's Asian. So it's like, okay, outside of being Asian, like now what? Like what's, what are you beyond that? So even, it's funny, even though it's an Asian showcase, it actually allowed us to showcase the parts of us that weren't Asian because it was an Asian showcase, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, totally. Amazing. I, I mean, I've always been uh, super impressed with you, too, because I mean, I've always seen your social uh, presence and everything. And you've you've been such like so good at marketing, uh, like over the years and everything that you've really been like a force behind driving these into being such successes. So it's really thank cool. you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've always it's funny when I first when I first started um, in comedy, you know, and like a lot of Asians, like it was hard for me to like do the self-promotion. You know, obviously you can clearly see I've I've gone over that. But it was um I, I got one one really good piece of advice once. Um actually I, I think it was from Ron Jossel, and it was, you know, um, if you ever feel icky about promoting something, then you probably shouldn't promote it. He's like, if you're promoting something that you really believe in and that people you honestly believe the person you're inviting will have a great time promote that and they will see in your face that you actually 
think that you're doing them a favor by inviting them because you think they're going to have a wonderful time. Yeah. And they're like, and if you don't feel that way, then you probably shouldn't be inviting people. Like only do shows that you feel that way about and promote it in that way. And people will come because they can, they can as you both know, you, you both have to, mm. to, to promote shows and stuff too. Like people can tell whether you're kind of like, ah. Mm-hmm. Eh, yeah, you should come, you know, but it might suck, but yeah, you should come. Or it's like, this is going to be awesome. It's going to mm-hmm. change your life. You should come. So <laughs> Amazing. To uh, dive into a bit of a spookier note here, um, we got to know, do you believe in ghosts? I do believe in ghosts. I'm, I'm actually quite scared of ghosts. Um, you know, like there's so many Asian ghost superstitions and I'm I'm the youngest of five siblings and I, my older siblings, especially my brother, made it his job to tell me scary stories that would give me nightmares. So oh, I am way too spooked out. I, I think my parents too, like they don't, you know, they don't tell me, you know, like like religious stories or things for morals. They tell me like ghost stories of like, if you don't do this, the ghost will come and kill you. So that was sort of like their parenting technique. So, okay. Yeah. Is there one that really your tactic? Yeah. <laughs> Is there one that really just still sticks with you that you think about all the time? Oh God. It's, it's always about like driving and hitchhikers. Mm-hmm. There's always so many hitchhiker ghost stories that <laughs> whenever I'm on the road, like I, I, I just, I just, I just can't like you, whenever I see somebody on the side of the road, I'm just, I'm just like, Oh no, they're going to like float into my car or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's not even rational. I'm just I, like, I gotta say TV and movies really made me think that hitchhikers were a huge problem and mm-hmm. that they were everywhere, but I've never, I've never really had it be that much of an issue in my life at all. Mm-hmm. I, I think in reality, the most dangerous in the face of the hitchhiker yeah yeah more li- it's dangerous. more likely the driver is going to kill the hitchhiker than the hitchhiker is mm-hmm. going to kill the driver so um <laughs> but i i remember like there's there's a road where my family live and it's just like this old dirt road or whatever and they only told me the story once of just the guy that died jogging down there but like people see him all the time so like i think about it every time i go down that road i'm always looking for him you know Mm. <laughs> yeah no definitely hitchhikers anything like that but honestly they used it for everything it's like if you don't eat all the rice in your bowl the rice mm-hmm. is gonna turn into <laughs> worms that will eat your face as you sleep like it was just right. like literally anything it was like it was it was their their go-to like they just took it and made it into some crazy story that would force me to do what they wanted me to do. Um, Every food object person haunts mm-hmm. you to this day. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm a little bit paranoid. I'm a little bit paranoid. <laughs> Just always living on edge. I got to say right now, uh, rice does not turn into face eating worms. I'm, I'm just going to put that out right now in my experience anyway. Yeah. yeah. I've seen him uh, waste a lot of rice over the years and just, <laughs> I just every night I just dump out three, four cups of uh, uneaten rice every night, every night. (laughs) Well, there you go. There you Mm -hmm. go. I will. I will tell my mom that I have figured it out. Okay. I don't have to be scared anymore. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever had a paranormal experience? You know, it's, it's, it's weird. So I would say the one and like, I this sounds like it was a dream, but I've 
it really felt like I was awake. Um, but I just remember there's a couple times when I was young and I would get up in the middle of the night and I just couldn't get out of my room. Like I just couldn't find like all the doors had turned into walls. And I was like, I cannot get out of this goddamn room. What is happening to me? Um, and yeah, I would say that's probably the most uh, paranormal where I just literally, I just felt like I was in a room with no walls. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, I, I don't think I, I, I ever got out. I, I just had to go back to sleep. Um, <laughs> and, you know, probably, you know, and I, I was a bedwetter. So I, I probably wanted to get up to the washrooms. So then I ended up going back to sleep, wetting the bed and then uh, waking up in the morning. So there you go. Those are always the most like anxiety inducing dreams, you know, like the ones where you just can't escape from. Mm -hmm. Oh, like, like when you have a work dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are the worst ones where you have like an eight hour shift where you're just always behind and everything goes wrong. And then you have to get up and go to work the next day. Worst. Mm. I, I mean, that was a big thing for me when I worked at Starbucks because you you do so much routine there mm -hmm. that like when you go to sleep, you just think about all these customers in line. You have to make them their drinks. And then I wake up in like a panic. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Tired. Just so tired. I've had a, <laughs> I've had those dreams where I wake up several times in the night and I keep going back to the shift and I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> it felt like I was on a 15 minute break each time. And then, you know, right back to the bullshit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it's funny. Speak, speaking of, of jobs and, and, and spooky stories. I, um, <laughs> before as a stand-up comedian, I used to write the obituary section for like 10 years. Really? Yeah. For the Winnipeg free press, the Calgary Herald, and then the national post, it was like actually in my career trajectory for a while was wow. like writing about dead people. So yeah, it was, uh, it's it was it was pretty crazy because you'd have to you'd spend a lot of time in funeral homes actually mm -hmm. um you'd have to you know sometimes they would write the obituary sometimes the funeral home would write it sometimes you'd have to write it for for the widow because she you know couldn't uh you know bring herself to write it so of course, yeah it was uh yeah so i definitely was surrounded by death for probably a whole decade doing that job how, how wow. was this? Because th this could go like one of two ways, right? Like you could be just like kind of writing it out without really thinking about it, or you could take in the weight of every death. And I feel like my mind would think too much about it. And I would take in the weight of every single death in person. I, I think it's also though, like after a while, you just, you just get used to it too. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it definitely desensitized me. Like, I feel like mm -hmm. my reaction to death isn't like as humane as it probably should be because I'm just like, okay, another person died. And, you know, if, if you're not from that world, it will probably come off as like extremely cold. So I almost have to like pretend like I'm more human than I am because I'm just so like, just, you know, after like thousands of deaths, is it, mm -hmm. it is hard to like, you know, you know, and just things you learn, you're like, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's the, it's the week after Christmas. So 10 old people are going to die because they just yeah. hung on until Christmas. Now they're dead. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, you know, daylight savings time. We always know that's a, that's a busy time. The uh, uh, people of a certain age also die a lot after daylight savings time. So it's like you, you always just know, like there's these times of the year where people just really die off and, um, I don't know, like like I said, even when I'm talking about it now, it just it's just so cavalier because when you work in it, 
it's hard not to get that way. So yeah, I yeah. do have to like actively work because like somebody will tell me, you know, like their mom died and like a human reaction would be more empathetic, except for I've seen like a thousand moms die yeah. and it's, you know, you want to say like you, you still care, but do you after a thousand? I know this, I, this is kind of, nobody's ever going to come to a comedy show again after this. I'm, I'm heartless, but it, it, it is true. You just, you know, mm -hmm. it, you do become desensitized. Oh, totally. It totally makes sense. You can't possibly like hold the attachment to people that like you drive yourself insane. If you're like holding your attachment to people that you don't know dying. Right. Like that's the big thing with celebrities too. Like, um, I feel like some people really take it hard when celebrities die. And for me, it's like, I didn't, I didn't know them. You're so, a friggin' monster. So <laughs> pass on celebrity. The thing I didn't know, I didn't know that a lot of people died after daylight savings. Is it because mm -hmm. they're, they're not going to change that goddamn clock one more time? Is that what it is? <laughs> no, what it is is so losing an hour, people are groggier that day. So mm -hmm. there's more, there's an uptick in car accidents okay. every year. I, I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like people will like get run over more. Some people just, I don't it, it just really like disrupts people's routines. Like mm -hmm. I've always been like against it. I've always told people like, you know, let me go testify in front of like, you know, the house of commons or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, somebody needs to tell them that this weird daylight saving time is literally killing people. Like this is, this is like a, a plague, this daylight savings time. <laughs> oh, it's my most hated time of the year. I, 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 I hate losing that hour. I hate it. I like getting one though. That's fun. <laughs> that is true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the most lived day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I find I find you always forget about it, and then you're like you're you're watching TV or something, and then you don't realize the clocks changed because they it all does it automatically. And then you're like, oh, it's not as late as I thought it was. But then you're like, oh no, it should be like five in the morning right now. <laughs> uh. Uh, to uh, go into our uh, our uh, listener submitted uh, fear here, do you have any fear with this uh, of deep water? I absolutely do. I cannot swim at all. I cannot swim. My I've tried a lot. Probably I've taken swimming lessons so many times. It mm -hmm. just it just never works for me. I think um, I think I do have like some like some respiratory thing where like when my lungs are underwater, I just can't get enough air. Yeah. So with, um, cause if I, if I hold my breath, I can actually make it like the, the 25 meters. So it's not like a technique thing. It's like the air part and I get my head out of the air and I struggle so much that it's like this like crazy gasp. And, um, my swim instructor was like every, what she told me, she was like, every time you gasp for air, it sounds like you're taking your last gasp before dying. She was like, oh, geez. she was like, these, these are crazy gas. She's like, are, are you okay? And I was like, well, I feel like no matter how hard I gasp, I can't get the air. So anyway, because of that, I just, I just can't swim. I just, so mm -hmm. I am really, really scared. Um, of water of deep water oh also when when i was young too so um you know in 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 my dad's village um back back in um laos 
literally they would teach you to swim by just throwing you in mm -hmm. um, and seeing if you like drowned. Um, and so when I was uh, when I was growing up in Winnipeg, my my brother decided to do this to me. He just threw me in the deep end, um, and we did find out that I would have drowned. Like luckily, because it's Canada, there are uh, there are lifeguards, so I didn't just mm -hmm. drown to my death. But I just think to myself, if we never immigrated, that would have been, you know, my life would have been over at six years old. They would have wow. thrown me in the ocean, see if I swam. And the answer would have been no. I can guarantee you the, because we tried it out and <laughs> the answer was no. <laughs> I think when I think about the deep water, like I'm, I'm a pretty strong swimmer. I uh, Rub it in, why don't you? Yeah, to, to the two non-swimmers. I'll just mute his microphone now so we don't have to listen to this part. <laughs> uh, but I'm more scared of, like, what's, like, in the water, you know? Like, what's mm. the mystery of, like, uh, when you can't quite... Like fishes peeing and pooing? Yeah, fish, fish <laughs> pee and poo. But, like, I mean, like, a big part of that is, like, jaws and stuff, too. Like, your your head plays games with you. Oh, you're afraid of evil mares. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid the beach is going to get shut down on me at any moment. <laughs> but I I think like that, uh, like shark and like, or just because I, and I've spoke on this in the podcast, my fear of fish because I stepped on a dead fish when I was young, but that still haunts me to this day is stepping on this dead fish. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't mind what's in the water so much. It's more just the unfathomable depth and uh, despair of the ocean <laughs> the waves that'll just pull you into nothingness and you'll never be found you've read a lot darkness. of old sea books <laughs> <laughs> you're just doing captain's logs and i like watching deep sea uh, creature videos so i don't i don't mind them <laughs> well on that note we got a story of our own to tell we all drew positions beforehand. Mm -hmm. uh, Vaughn, do you want to reveal what you drew? I drew the celebrity. Yeah. So with that, I go to a random celebrity generator. It's going to give you four options, and you'll have to appear as one of those celebrities in the story. Uh, so your options are, okay, uh, Kristen Stewart, <laughs> yes. Robin Hood. Oh. Is that a <laughs> is Robin Hood real? I don't think so. Uh, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> is oh. he real? <laughs> and Christopher Nolan. Okay. Oh. Um, let's, let's go with Robin Hood. I think I know the most about him. Mm -hmm. All right. You're not stricken to that character, too. You can abandon it if, yeah. at any time if you want. Where, where's a funny hat? Uh, <laughs> uh, shoots his little bow. <laughs> you know, I think I'll be the a very specific version of Robin Hood, the one that I knew grew, growing up, which is Rocket Robin Hood, which was oh, the yeah. space version. <laughs> I yes. know Rocket Robin Hood. <laughs> I will be Rocket Robin Hood, yes. All right. The only Rocket Robin Hood thing I remember is just one episode where they're talking to uh, Little John and they're like, oh, Little John, that's just because you're so fat. And then they all laugh at him. And it's like, <laughs> well, what is going on? <laughs> it was such a weird show. <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely wild. <laughs> I mean, all animation that time was was wild and very, very cheaply done. So <laughs> Uh, that means I drew, uh, I drew the swing, so I have no responsibility. I don't have to do anything this, this 
uh, story. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Thank you. And that means you got the narrator. So for that, we're going to go to canigeta.com for a location, a relationship, or a word in order to get the story started. Which would you like today? I think I'll go with uh, relationship. <laughs> Street hustler and off-duty cop. <laughs> Pretty good one. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the Robin Hood story. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is true. <laughs> All right. So the spooky street hustler and off-duty cop. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh wait. So just, just a question: the relationship. So does that mean one of us is a street hustler and one of us is a cop? Or yeah, how does that work? Um, so at some point they'll be in the story, uh, yeah. these two, and you can jump in at any time as any character, as many characters as you want, mm-hmm. or as few. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Spooked is brought to you by BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/spooked. S p o o k e d to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash spooked. Yes. Love is in the air. That's Valentine's Day is coming up. Valentine's Day coming up, and it's okay if you don't have a sweetheart this year. Mm -hmm. Have no fear. I know that that weighs on a lot of people, whether they have a Valentine, don't have a Valentine. You know, and the stresses of planning Valentine's Day is a lot. It can be a lot for you, and you might need someone to talk to during this time. Self-love is important, and what better way to do that than with our friends at BetterHelp? Exactly. I know that for myself, mm-hmm. I get a lot of uh, stress while uh, doing planning and do- mm-hmm. and putting things together. That really uh, stresses me out. It um, gives me anxiety it uh, it makes me kind of just fold up and want to just stay in bed. But it doesn't have to be that way. No, it doesn't. So the people at BetterHelp have people to talk to you about this and talk to me. Yeah. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, BetterHelp's a great way to do that. It's entirely online. So even if you are stuck in bed, what great way to start it where you don't have to leave the first few sessions. Exactly. Yeah. Just open up your Open uh, it up laptop. and get it started right there. Yeah. In bed. Perfect. You can still wear your jammies, just as I like it. BetterHelp is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, whatever that schedule may be. Just fill out their brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And, hey, if they don't work out for some reason, you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. Yeah, you're not stuck to a therapist, you know? And and it's all... And online and everything, so you don't have to have that awkward thing of like in person, and then they're just wondering whether you're, they're going to see you again in person, and it's more of a connection. No, do online, do BetterHelp. That's right. So don't forget, go to BetterHelp.com/spooked to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P dot com slash spooked. It was a bright summer day in New York City. Everyone was snapping their fingers and dancing along as they walked the streets, all waving at each other. Oh, my God, you've never seen New York City so happy. Not a cab honk in the world. It's just all peaceful joy. Hey, I'm walking here to go get a slice of pizza. How you doing? (laughs) But this story... 
This story specifically centers around one happy soul. Yes, that was Jonathan over on his corner selling all of his own handmade watches. <laughs> Does anybody want to buy a watch? I got so many watches. I got wristwatches. I got pocket watches. I got shoe watches. I got hat watches. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I got watches. You got a place for them. I can put them somewhere. I got <laughs> clock watches. I think they're called uh, wall watches, called clocks, you know. You hello, hello, Jonathan. I am Rocket Robin Hood, and... Oh. I have never heard of a shoe watch, but I do have a shoe and it could use a watch. Oh, yeah. Well, you ever see those shoes that every time you step, they light up and they like flash and thing like that? That it's what those are, except instead of flashing lights, it flashes the time at you. So it looks like you haven't set your VCR properly. Oh, that's amazing. That means when I'm flying in the sky, people can think that I'm a shooting star yeah. um, that randomly flashes. <laughs> or like one of those like uh, blimps that has like the date and time that that goes across it as you're going, right? Or or something, I assume. Yeah, although the blimp in the sky would probably be my friend, Little John. He is more mistaken <laughs> for a blimp than I am. But, oh, okay, uh, okay. you know, we, we can get him a watch as well. You're not from here, from New York, are you? Are you from out of town, it seems? I mean, yes. your strange getup and your rocket boots. We don't see those around here that often. Yeah, I am from New New York, which is up on the moon. Oh, on the moon. Yes, yes. I uh, I rocket back and forth between New New York and your New York, which we call Old York. Old, um, where I'm from. Old York. Old York. This is New York. New York, New York. The city's so nice they named it twice. <laughs> we can't be old New York. Well, you're right. You're not old New York. You're old, old York. No, no. York is old York. Whoa. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, what's going on here? What did I tell you about selling watches without a storefront? Oh, Mikey, thank God. You're off duty. Don't, don't bust my balls right now. Here, here have, a, have a glove watch. Oh, yeah. Well, this is perfect. Yeah, yeah bribery. Yeah. I'll take it. It's a little watch that goes over each one of your fingers on your glove. Mm -hmm. OK, mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. Listen, this guy just said that we're no longer New York and he's from the moon where they got a new New York. So we're now old York. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Come on. Now, this is New York. This is New York, baby. Yeah, this is the movie that Oliver and Company was filmed in. Oh, yeah. You remember <laughs> the, the, the little dog? He had a bunch of sausages on his neck. Everyone ate the sausages. Oh, my God. That's what New York's all about. It's about sharing, it's about sharing this beautiful place. <laughs> it, it is about sharing. And I see you have so many watches and so much jewelry. I've decided to steal all of them and share them with the people of New New York for free. What? I am ripping off your trench coat full of <laughs> watches and I am going to try and fly away now. Oh no, I'll get cold without my trench coat. Rocket Robin Hood rips off the trench coat even though it is a it is starting to uh, snow and get very cold. <laughs> <laughs> rockets into the sky shooting off before they can grab him. Mikey, Mikey, I've been robbed. 
Yeah, no, well, you did say I was off duty. So. Oh, come, come on, Mikey, don't do me like that. All don't right, do me like all that, right. Mikey. All right, all right. I'm I'll... cold. My watches are gone. Well, what do you know about this guy? Uh, he said his name was Rocket Robin Hood. He's got a friend named Little John who resembles a blimp, and he lives on the moon. Resembles a blimp, eh? <laughs> That's what he said. So all we're looking for is a big blimp on the moon. Yeah, blimp on the moon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I think I might be able to uh, see a little something here because you can yeah. see I am off duty, but I do do some private investigating. Yeah, well, listen, I don't know what time it is anymore because all my watches are gone. Well, I mean, I've told you I'm off duty. Is that what you're worried about? Well, that I don't know what time you get start? back on duty. Even if you said, like, I start work at six, I don't know when six is. Yeah, it's, fr- it's Friday night. I mean, I got... So, I what got... does Friday night mean? That's not a time. I don't work weekends. I thought you knew me. Oh, I don't know. I don't have a clock with no watches. I don't know what day of the week it is anymore. So you, do, you lose a clock for one second and yes. you forget the day. I don't know what it is anymore. Well, all right. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I got my fingy watches that you gave me. That's true. So I can tell you at all times, all you got to do is look at my hand. Okay. You'll be able to see. All right. Okay. Friday night. Oh, goodness. Thank you. We got two days before Uh I go back on shift. And let me tell you, I'm going to be busy. Wait, 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 wait. What? So I have to wait until you're back on shift to solve this crime? No, or? I'm off duty right now. I'm a private investigator. Oh, okay. We got okay, two okay. days to solve it. But after that, it's five days of me working and it's going to be pretty busy. Couldn't you couldn't you solve it when you're on duty too? Well, I mean, Isn't like, that your job? Well, I mean, this is more of a private matter. All right. I, I, yeah, <laughs> you see, if I go... Here's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. This is where your interest is going to come in mind. Yeah. Because if I go looking into where Rocket Robin Hood went, mm-hmm. right, and stole your watches that you're selling without a storefront or business license, then that's going to mean a lot of trouble for you. But if I do this private investigator style, right, then we can ignore your business license or lack thereof and only worry about getting your property back. Oh, Mikey. Mikey, you like that idea now, huh? No, but we'll oh, do what? it. <laughs> we'll do it. Doesn't seem like you got a lot of faith in me. I'm just cold, okay? And I still don't know what time it is. Let me see those fingies. Okay, it's Friday night. Okay. So there they walk off. A search for a, a some kind of aerial device to get them in the sky. Who wants to buy balloons? I've got a feast full of balloons for you here. Feast full of balloons for anybody who wants balloons. Oh, yeah. See, Jonathan, Jonathan, this is how we do it here. What? Well, we grab this fist full of balloons uh-huh. and we shoot up into the sky. Uh, I don't know if that would work. Wouldn't he have shot up into the sky? Well, he must be wearing concrete shoes. Oh, that's something. true. That's true. Everyone here is wearing concrete shoes in case they piss off the mob and then they throw you in the lake. Yeah, you don't want to piss off the mob and then inconvenience them by making them put concrete shoes on you. That would be even more inconvenient. Yeah, you just want to wear them already. So when you get thrown in, you just yeah, say, yeah, 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 yeah. Into the deep water. Right, right, right. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> so, so, so. Here's the thing. I'm not wearing concrete shoes. You're not wearing any shoes. I just noticed that, actually. <laughs> he stole my weird. shoes. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time, huh? I had a lot of wa- I didn't have laces. I had watches instead. Freaking socks are just ripped apart under there. <laughs> Let's grab these balloons. All right. So they grab them, and they start to float <laughs> into the sky. Somehow this is working. 
<laughs> my balloons you didn't pay for those uh, uh, keep this off the record oh okay <laughs> oh wow how did you guys find me so quick I thought I was going fast but I never was able to outrun your air balloons <laughs> Rocket Robin Hood is doing a lot of putting from his jetpack so it's going so slow <laughs> Well, yeah, I really like I, 15 I, feet in the air. <laughs> you know, these watches were a lot heavier than I thought. I just I didn't have the rocket power to uh, to get very far. See, that's the burden of time. It weighs on you. Mm. I wish I had known that before I stole your. I, I, I don't want to call it steal, stealing your watches. I'm more sharing your watches. Mm, mm. I it seems like a little workaround the wording there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does seem like a little bit of a workaround trying to make you feel better about taking a man's uh, livelihood and all his possessions and his coat that he lives in. Now, Rocket Robin Hood, if you have any kind of, you know, resemblance to Robin Hood himself, I'd like to know why you're after these watches specifically because if I know Robin Hood, because I read the books. I know how surprising you, Jonathan. Can't believe he's like, whoa, he read the books. I did. I read the books. And what he did was he stole from the rich and gave to the poor. I'm poor. I, I know. And that's where my question comes here, Rocket Robin Hood. What makes you think that you could steal from the poor and give to more poor? Or are they rich? What's well, going on? They're probably on? moon rich. They're swimming in that moon gold. <laughs> is, is that true? Is there a lot of moon gold? No, no, everybody on the moon is very poor. That's why I was oh. going to take these watches. But I mistakenly thought that uh, that Jonathan here was rich because of all these shiny watches. I didn't realize these are all counterfeit watches that have no value at all. So uh, here's 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 your jacket back um, so you don't freeze. And uh, I, I don't need these counterfeit watches. Oh, thanks so much. Oh, let me put it back. Oh, no, we're sinking. They they plummet down to the ground, exploding on the pavement. Wow, good thing that those counterfeit watches uh, broke your fall. Oh, no. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> they also broke my legs. <laughs> Rocket Robin Hood, Why? Oh, no. Now I, I feel like I need to go to the hospital to steal some prosthetics and share them with you. <laughs> well, yeah, please, please do that. Yes, yes I will look for a, a rich kid and uh, rip, <laughs> rip his leg right off. Steal from the rich. Give to the poor uh, watch dealer. Oh, yeah, I, that'd be so sweet having some rich kids' legs. Rocket Robin Hood flies to a very wealthy end of the city to the hospital uh, in which they all go. Now, Billy, these new brand new legs for you are going to help you run so fast and far in your life. Uh, no one will ever be able to catch you. These are state of the art uh, legs that only medical science could uh, could bring. Oh, thanks, Dan. I appreciate all of these expensive gems all over them. Yes, yes. We've we've put so many gems and jewels on them so that everyone knows how flashy and cool you are. You bejeweled them in a way that's not tacky. Well, when you're rich, nothing's tacky. Aha, Billy, not this time. You will not get away with this over-extravagant 
set of feet, even though you are only four years old, I will steal your very tiny prosthetics and give them to somebody who is much more worthy. Oh no! Rocket Robin Hood grabs his legs, throws Billy <laughs> through the window, and the legs unattach. And then Rocket Robin Hood flies through that window with both legs back to Jonathan. Oh no, me. Billy. Uh, please well that's the free market for you son (laughs) don't cry billy your you your dad actually has health insurance so if you survive the fall from the window i'm sure you will be fine we'll just have to get you new extravagant legs billy but you'll be working off them over the summer no now technically i'm poor now you'll have to get a, an oil refinery stand oh <laughs> thanks a lot rocket robin Hood. you're welcome rocket robin Hood flies back to uh, mikey and jonathan <laughs> yes sarcasm does not exist on the moon so i took him at his word when he thanked me uh <laughs> hello jonathan here hey. are some uh, prosthetic legs uh i found oh. the richest person they could unfortunately he's only four years old but wow. uh let's so see if they fit you tools and diamonds but they're little baby legs <laughs> <laughs> now now when i went walking around in my trench coat i look like a i look like a, two kids on each other's shoulders running around and what nothing from the gift shop for me well, we can, uh, here's the, here's some broken watches for you. <laughs> oh, that, no. <laughs> don't, worry, don't worry, Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they're broken. They're not mine anymore. Uh, I guess if you're okay with me, you can them. I got some uh, not broken ones over here in my coat. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and you're okay with those legs then? Uh, you know what? I can get around. They got jewels on them. I'm pretty good. I may be a foot and a half shorter, but that's okay. I can, I can sneak into places I couldn't before. Oh, I'm just looking at the time. Monday morning. I got to go in the work. Wow, that was a whole weekend. Rocket Robin Hood, I want to thank you for helping me. So I got you this uh, jetpack watch that you can put on your jetpack and you can watch the time. That's why they call it a watch. That's amazing. I am putting it on my jetpack right now. And I'm going to flip my jetpack to the front of me instead of on my back, just so I can see your watch. Oh, great, great, great. Uh, listen, um, I don't know if there's anything left for me here in uh, New York or Old York, as you call it. So what do you say I, I come to New New York up on the moon with you and sell these cheap watches to the people who need them? You are going to be amazing in New New York. They will love you. It'll be like, uh, you know, it'll be like uh, somebody from the museum that we've heard of, but has never visited coming to uh, coming to see us. <laughs> somebody from the museum. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like Night of the Museum. <laughs> like I'd be like Ben Stiller or something. <laughs> and there they flew. Jonathan. Off to the moon. And me? Well, as for me, I laid on that ground for a little bit longer. Took in the idea that I had to go back to my shift. Radonsky, quit that damn podcast and bullshit and get back to your shift. I got paperwork that needs to be filled out. uh, Sorry, boss. I'll be right there. 
Looks like another case solved in the beautiful New York. Radonsky, what are you doing? I, I was just closing up, Spa. Sorry. About we got to solve this murder case. <laughs> okay, okay. Good night, everyone. Spooked. <laughs> that was a scary story. Wow. <laughs> uh, Bong, have you ever been that scared in your life? <laughs> You know what? I am actually terrified of heights. So the idea of <laughs> flying around on rockets actually is pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. You're you're scared of underwater, above, mm-hmm. <laughs> above, everywhere. They just land. And this goes back to uh, the fears that your parents struck into you. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. You know, some parents uh, will parent through guilt or shame. Mm-hmm. I was parented through. Fear, specifically fear <laughs> of the supernatural. <laughs> well, on that note, let's do some plugs. Where can everyone follow you? Um, so my handle is at Vong Show, um, same as Gong Show, but with a V instead of a G. And mm-hmm. uh, that's across uh, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, anywhere you can find me. Um, it's the same handle. And uh, I... Um, my uh, my podcast, uh, Rice Asian Movies podcast, just officially joined the Sonar Network. Um, you know we're we're podcast siblings now. Yes. So uh, anybody listening can check out the sonarnetwork.com and uh, look for Rice. Amazing. Yeah, and go to the Sonar Network to get direct links to Vong's social media as mm-hmm. well as as well as uh, uh, check us out on Twitter at Spooked Podcast. We'll be tweeting all of this out mm-hmm. and uh, follow my my sketch troupe, uh, Boy Girl Party Sketch, and my other podcast. Uh, Believe it or not, where uh, Trev and I are uh, talking about all kinds of different uh, uh, religious stuff. And so Joel doesn't get mad at me. I also have a survival. No, no, no. That's it. No, shut it down. Shut it. Down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You can do the plug. Merge boot podcast. All we right. talk about Survivor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spooked. 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 This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 